for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stress. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. That's right. We're bringing on Papa Bear again, the great mustachio, wonderful first team leader, man that's told us all about Afghanistan and his time in Iraq, Mr. Stephen Bates. Mr. Bates, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, kid. How are you? Can't complain, can't complain. I am ready. I think everyone else is ready, too, for part three of the base saga what do you got in store for us this time um let's see uh wrap up all that second deployment stuff we'll kick on um now i was a corporal towards the tail end of that and um it will skip a little bit of time because you know nonsense and whatnot and reintegration and who needs that and um your boy's got his five. You know, he made points. So I'm a sergeant. Um, and uh, things are looking good. And then I get... I got pulled from Black Horse. Um, unbeknownst to me, but the powers that be pulled me into HHT. And I was a part of this weird hodgepodge fucking platoon called the, the PSD platoon. You know, the little protection group for the... Uh, uh, squadron commander and sergeant major. Um, yeah, hot fun. I got pulled over with uh, the uh, the man everybody calls angry himself. He was a large man. <laughs> uh, me and him, we were uh, we were on the second deployment together. Um, I knew his brother before I knew him, which was odd. But I mean, when those two fought, it was like two polar bears, you know, wrestling over some dead sheep. Um, but, uh, oh no, big men, those big men. But we get thrown in this, in this weird little platoon and, uh, we'll just call him angry because we were angry platoon and he was angry man. And, um, he was a big teddy bear though. He knows who he is. You know, all he needed was a good hug, maybe a little tickle here and there. And, uh, (laughs) brighten his day up i think i was the only one uh stupid enough or uh ignorant enough to uh approach that man with uh the intentions on tickling um it found my ass flying through the office a couple times but it was worth it um so when we started this stupid little psd platoon you know i was brand new e5 I thought I knew what a leader was, which I was fucking wrong. And it was me, him, uh, a couple other NCOs, and a um, an LT that was uh, chosen to be us because our squadron commander liked him for some ungodly reason. He was everything that's wrong with lieutenants. Um, <laughs> so we got like two, three weeks before we have any Joes. It was it was great. So we did all our own workouts. You know, he was into, you know, a lot of um, weights. You know, we did a lot of pushing, pulling of objects, a lot of picking heavy things up, putting heavy things down. Um, 
And uh, mine is still a little broken at this time, you know, because healing and uh, recovering, you know, who needs that? Um, so we get, I think it's about six Joes. I think we about six or eight Joes. I don't know. And a couple of these guys, you know, you know, the, uh, the specialist sergeant. I don't know what he was. I don't know. I think it was an NCO, but specialist Alaska, you know, private Alaska at the time, you know, <laughs> it's you and Seaway now, you know, I was introduced to this, this fucker, you know, around that time. <laughs> um, and we're, and we're starting to make up this little, you know, hodgepodge platoon and um, sitting in the office, minding my own business because, you know, it's early and I had a E4. So he did some school shit. I don't know. He was an old E4. Don't know why he joined the army, but whatever. That's his fault, not mine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He made some poor life choices and he went with the army as a last chance type of thing. Um, and this dude shows up. Now, you know the how a platoon works, you know, and you got the office. You know, mm-hmm. platoon sergeants, NCOs, you know, the O, the office shit. You know, Joe's just don't willy-nilly walk into an office and be like, hey, what's up? So this dude did. <laughs> he, he walked in. He goes, hey, sergeant, um, I just want to let you know I'm your, new, I'm your new team leader. And I slowly turn in my chair and look at him and be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, he's like, you know specialist do-gooder if you will and um so I, I was told i'm your new team leader i was like oh that's that's fucking cute who told you that shit he goes oh uh first i was like i don't give a shit get out <laughs> but but i'm a team leader i was like okay oh no you're not i, I was told i was a team leader I was like, get the fuck out of the office so he was upset because i treated him poorly which it ruined his day you know, you thought you had a bad first day. He had a bad first day. Um, oh, good. Good. Oh, yes. Oh, no. It's I had multiple soldiers fuck up on their day one. I don't know. It was like my curse. Um, You're welcome. So dumb. God damn you, privates. <laughs> um, but, and he was a former he was a former uh, PD, you know, officer guy. So every time we do training, you know, instead of calling out your three D's, you know, distance, direction, description, you know, for those of you who don't know, he calls out his three D's, you know, this many meters away, this cardinal direction. And, um, he would call them suspects. Oh God. So instead of, you know, you know, two enemy personnel, two guys in the woods, you know, whatever the fuck you call, whatever you're training to call the enemy, Right. They're always suspects to him. I don't know because he's stupid. I don't know how else to describe that dude. Um, so, you know, sort of like what you were talking about with Sergeant F, you know, wanting to, you know, rip off your head and do certain violent acts to your empty skull. Um, <laughs> I made those threats almost daily just because of how fucking dumb he was 
God damn it. Um, which, you know, private Alaska, specialist Alaska, you know, he picked up on it. He realized that, you know, sometimes it's better to shut the fuck up, you know, when NCOs are talking. You know, this moron did not. So, um, that, that continued. You know, we had some, those Joes were good. Uh, that was my first, uh, I feel bad for him because that was my first time leading soldiers as an NCO so I was I was a bit of an asshole and uh, the platoon sergeant you know big angry you know he he let me be me because he would yell more and he was bigger and angrier than I was so I guess in his eyes that if I'm yelling and being angry it's not as bad as him so he let me off the leash you know and I was a, a really bad man to those guys um smoke the dog shit out of these kids every chance i could like it's you know somebody say something stupid you know the other joes would giggle and because the other joes giggled i was like all right now i'm gonna fuck you up today damn it's oh no it was looking back at it now you know i'm talking to some of those guys you know he's there's a big bearded man that Loves to go out to the woods now. He's a outdoorsy man, if you will. Talking to him about it, you know, he he sort of laughs and blows it off and everything like that. But you know, I, he'll he'll admit it. I was an asshole, um, which I fully accept by you know every means of that word. I was an asshole, but we take this platoon and we take him to JRTC. So we're doing our little round down in the fucking swamps. You know, it's for some reason, you know, who wants to hit the swamp? What the hell was that, dude? Sorry, I dropped the phone. <laughs> we're good. I'm in a car recording this, so, you know, bear That's... with me. Ah, bear. <laughs> Rar. Got it. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so... So we get down to Polk. For those of you who don't know, you know, it's the swamp. It's this little place in Louisiana. And because First Brigade likes to go, you know, in August, because that makes sense. Makes all the sense. So it was rather, yes, all of it. It's warm. It's sticky. You know, everything sticks onto everything. So, you know, for the men in the field, it makes things rough. You know, you sort of got to shake your leg off every once in a while to, Make sure you don't pinch the boys. Um, so we're going through, and um, and uh, your boy Alaska fucks up. Oh no! Oh man! So you know PSD, you know. So we're back with a headquarters element. We're not on the line, you know. So we're taking care of the fob and. And whatever the fuck they called it at that point in time, you know, why not? You know, because that was my fucking job. And every time the, the uh, SCO or Sergeant Major went out, we go, you know, do the I'm going to protect you, boss type of thing, um, which was OK. You know, uh, we did we had some pretty good training on that. You know, the whole guardian angel shenanigans. Um and um, so your boy, Alaska, 
he is a 249 gunner. You know, he's carrying the saw. And, uh, you know, he's got to do the business, you know, got to go to the porch on, take care of the, the, the bodily activity, you know. And okay. he walks out willy-nilly, you know. Apparently, time has passed. I don't know this because I'm all getting this on the rebound. <laughs> so one of the officers from Squadron, from the three shop, comes in and goes, hey, I uh, just checked the books and the, and the serial numbers, and this belongs to you guys. Oh. He hands me the saw. Uh-oh. So, you know, quickly find out, you know, that the little baby, you know, Alaska, fucked up. So, ruined him a little bit that day, but, you know, came up with another clever way for him to um, secure his weapon on his person. So I think it was two double arm lengths piece of 550 cord. Oof. So for me, because of my wingspan, it's about six-ish uh, ish feet. You know, so for me, it was six and 12. So we'll round up to 12 feet of 550 cord tied from his belt loop to his weapon system. And that was his tether. And I, and I made sure it was long because I didn't want it short and everything like that because, you know, I wanted it to be as stupidly painful and humiliating as possible. <laughs> God damn it, it was humiliating. It was funny. So, and being PSD, you know, we were QRF a lot. So QRF, you know, the quick reaction force, you have to be, you know, ready to be spun up, you know, within, you know, your allotted time, you know, whatever whatever phase you are ready in, you know, you have to be, you know, ready to boot, scoot, and buggy out of the fob, you know, at a moment's notice. So we get the call, you know, boys in contact, you know, they're playing in some little town. We got to go help and assist. So there's your boy, Alaska, jogging to his truck with his 249 and 12 feet of 550 cord. Oh, Jesus. Jumps in the truck, jumps in the truck, and um, the 1250 cord is now, you know, halfway in and halfway out of the vehicle. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so you can see where this is going. You know, so once he's in the vehicle and he, you know, it's the 550 cord is now, you know, rendering his movement in the vehicle useless because of the amount of string that's outside of the truck. So he dealt with that for a while. Um, we did some, I think we did some helicopter shenanigans, um, which these these privates, God damn them, they couldn't figure it out. You know, there's a certain, certain SOP, uh, standard operating procedure you do when you're getting off a helicopter. So, you know, you don't fall into your buddy or... You know, you don't meet a blade and become your own, you know, Indiana Jones villain. Um, oh, you know, there's certain ways we do it, and these guys couldn't get it. And so myself and Angry proceeded to destroy the soldiers in the gravel parking lot for hours. Hours. 
and it's hot. It's Jared DC, you know. The swamp is unforgiving. And I remember one being so bad that there was a soldier that may or may not have been picked up from laying on his stomach to his feet with just his Kevlar. Sort of like a, you know, come to me, private, you know, and I lift you up. You know, so he, he may or may not have been pulled up, you know, and, and uh, like I said, you know, angry was a big man and he was strong and he was able to do that. So um, the good thing about being in that platoon is we got to assist in a lot of the uh, Kazavak or Mascal scenarios during that training cycle down there, which was pretty legit. You know, we got to help them out. You know, it's if there was a staged Mascal, you know, we got to assist, you know, go through all those with with that medic crew and everything like that. So that was good. So now you know how they operate, how they want it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they have a Mascal lane, sort of like a training area to force medics to do this, but from a combat, you know, from a ambush, a combat scenario into a Mascal. You know, it's good training for these guys. It really is because it will stress the fuck out of you. You know, it's, you got your, your op four, you know, the, your opposing forces, they're, um, you know, they're doing a little shooty shoots, you know, everybody knows how, how fun Geronimo is playing against and, you know, they're fair. You can, you can, you know, they don't cheat, you know, or they don't, you know, they play by the rules, if you will, you know, they're not ones to, you know, cheat the system or, or not play fair. So that turned into fuck, fuck games for everybody. Um, and who doesn't love good fuck fuck games? Exactly. So these kids are rolling up to this, and we're supposed to be acting as their security element because that was sort of our piece of the pie, and we're doing that. And there's a three story building, two story building, whatever it was. It had multiple stories. I think it's a two story. And there was, um, I don't know if Geronimo was just dumb, but there was like three barrels sticking out of the top story so i was like "Uh oh there's people in here and knowing the game i was like well fuck it let's go ahead and crash the house i've done this before i've cleared houses before let's go do this you know so i tell my lt i was like hey we need to get some of the boys together and we need to go crash this house he gives me the thumbs up you know good plan now mind you there's mortar simulators going off you know the kabooms if you will and the uh the shooty shoots and the medics screaming um everybody running around like a bunch of fucking morons it was pretty hilarious i will tell you this bunch of screaming not a lot of moving you know the whole you know do i go this way do i go this way you know where did he go where did he go you know and um so we go in and go in the front door of this house you know, go through, go into one room. I call it out, you know, you know, then little G-Min pops out and I go, tink, tink, you know, I was like, hooray, you know, he's gone. So, you know, now this G-Min's all, he's whining, he's bitching because I got him and uh, I had him dead to rights. So he's crying about it. So, so I tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I move on to the stairwell and I'm like, all right. And now my new, the LT and a couple of Joey's were there. 
you know, so it's, I wasn't doing this by myself because that's fucking stupid and that's how you die. Um, and hit the stairs. I hit the hallway and there's one dude standing in the hallway, I think smoking a cigarette. I don't know. I smoke him. I was like, ha ha, you know, <laughs> and then I go in, I go into the room on the right hand side and that's where these two fucking morons are, you know, sticking their barrels out the windows, like a bunch of, you know, fucking idiots. And I go tink tink, and then I feel a tap on my shoulder, you know, little pat pat, if you will. I turn around, it's a G man. He goes, I got you, buddy. I was like, motherfucker. I turn around, and nobody's behind me. Oh. So my whole team, my whole team clearing this house was pulled out by the LT because he thought that was the right decision. Oh, God. In doing so, he didn't tell the NCO that he had left in said building and just bounced. Oh, God. So I'm upset and I start, I think I, you know, I may or may not have thrown my rifle down. Um, I turned my radio off because I'm not talking to anybody at this point. Fuck you. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to smoke a cigarette. I just, so I sit down like a child, you know, in the middle of the floor, like I'm not moving anywhere, you know, pouting. And, uh, I hear a bunch of yelling and screaming, you know, more, more booms are going off and more medics are yelling and they finally get their shit together. I hear trucks rumbling, you know, so I'm like, Oh, either the Calvary's here or that's the, you know, we're about to run away. We got the casualties and we're running away. So I was like, okay, sweet. We're about to be done. And one of the, one of the G men, he goes, Hey buddy, come check this shit out. So I, you know, you know, walk over to the window, peek my little head out, take my helmet off, peek out. Cause I don't want to give myself away. And they're all leaving without me. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> yeah, buddy. So I become unglued. And um, so as I guess my face was turning, you know, colors, you know, going to a nice, nice deep red, nice, nice deep red. I wasn't rosy by any means. Tomato -y? I was turning. Oh, it's bad. Yes. So I start fuming, you know, and then the G-man, he goes, hey, looks like you need this and offers me another cigarette because <laughs> I'm probably about to hit somebody with my, you know, M4 across the face. So I said, fuck it. Let's see how this rolls. So as this happens, and we split off in the sections, right? So this is my section, you know, with the LT. And then the other section was with uh, Angry, the platoon sergeant. So I see my SAR major and Angry walking down. Mind you, they're not in kit or anything because they're just, they're observing the training. They're not a part of the exercise. And then I remember them looking around and my platoon sergeant looking rather upset because he can't find me. You know, and the LT's pushing for everybody to leave. So they load up the vehicles. And I see the first vehicle start to take off. I was like, uh-oh. So I look at them. I was like, hey, um, can you guys give me a ride back to my base when they leave me here? And so one of the G-men starts giggling. He goes, yeah, man, we got you. I was like, that's <laughs> nice. You're, you're nice terrorists today. That's good. Thanks, thanks bud. This is, this is good for me. This is good. 
And then I hear the screeching of the vehicles, you know, slammed in reverse. They all come screaming back like, "Uh oh, we left somebody. So I look at them. I was like, hey, radio to all your buds. And as soon as they dismount, you know, do the whole unleash hell thing on them. And he goes, you sure? And then an OC, an actual guy from this installation who goes and observes all the training, comes in. He sort of had a smirk on his face, but he quickly lost his smirk because of how upset I was and how I turned my, and focused my anger on him, even though he had me by, you know, two ranks. You know, I proceeded to start. He was the first one I started to get upset at. So I told him, I was like, you better call your, all your buddies and tell them to rip this platoon a new one because fuck everybody downstairs. And he's like, okay, man, God, calm down. He's, you're, it's all good. I was like, no, fucking kill everybody. Fuck all of them. <laughs> so they come in, you know, the little, little, oh my God, we left somebody party. And um, the OC is like, okay, all the Geronimo up here, you just, you, nobody shoot. You're all dead. Congratulations, Sergeant. You got them all. I was like, oh, 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 that's the fucking game we're playing right now. That's it. I'm just the fucking hero of the battlefield. And that, that's how you're going to fucking treat this. So he's like, please, for the love of God, calm down. You know, this is training. This is this is why we train. I was like, oh, this is why we train. Yeah. Okay. Just just wait until the training's over. So I'm upstairs, you know, and I hear all the rustling and bustling going around. And they come upstairs and I hear one of the, the medics. We got him. I was like, no shit. Fuck. I'm, you know, it's not like you can miss me. You know, so I'm sitting in the hallway, you know, smoking a cigarette. They're like, hey, Sergeant, you got to put that out while we go down. I was like, oh, so I flick it at him because I don't know. That's the mood I was in. <laughs> and uh, he goes, hey, can you can you come up? Can you walk down the stairs so we can put you on the litter? I was like, oh, no, I'm dead. I'm dead. Wait, you do your fucking job and get me out of this goddamn house. <laughs> so, so. So he looked at me super scared, you know, because he was a specialist or an E3 at the time. You know, he, you know, he's he's doing what he's told. And now he has an NCO who's, you know, boo boo lip and doesn't want to play the game anymore. I was like, okay, fine. You're all going to drop me anyways. I don't want you to drop me down the fucking stairs. So I walk down the stairs and I lay down. You know, they go through all the fucking things. They're like, okay, where's he hurt? Where's he hurt? I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> there's no where's he hurt where's the bleeding anymore bud you fucking failed let's get me out of here so the medics were a little upset you know so they get me out and they start walking me out and these fucking four bastards are carrying me and i see my you know sergeant major and platoon sergeant standing there like what the fuck happened i was like and then i i remember sitting up pointing at my platoon sergeant who mind you sort of like the hulk you know in uniform I pointed at him. I was like, me and you need to have a fucking talk. And oh. then that's when he went from being super angry to, uh-oh. So I lay back down. I was like, let's go, boys. Get me out of here. So the Sergeant Major had seen enough. And he starts yelling at everybody and calls Index. And the Sergeant Major just ended that motherfucker right there. So I get off the litter. They're like, hey, do you want help? So I start pushing people away from me, and I'm getting pissed. I remember slamming down my helmet, dropping my gun. I was like, where the fuck is he? And then my platoon sergeant's like, what the fuck happened? I was like, the LT, your buddy, your peer, left me in the house. <laughs> and he's and both him and the sergeant major are like, 
what? It's like, where is he? Where, where is he? And then I see this fucking goober come out of the goddamn truck. Oh, hey, Sergeant, I didn't know where you were. I was trying to look for you, and I started <laughs> calling you on the radio. So I fucking tee off on this fucking moron of an O. And, you know, our commander comes down, you know, so our CO is coming down. He goes, whoa, whoa, hey there, Sergeant. Easy, base, easy. And I'm like, and I pointed to him. I was like, you better get your LTN line before I do, because you'll be missing a lieutenant. This is a failure on your part and the SCO's part. And the SCO was standing there. So that um, that wasn't the right thing to say. So even if you have a fucked up officer, you don't tell his rating chain that they fucked up. So that didn't go over well for me. Kept my rank. You know, I didn't lose my rank. You know, I did... I did get in the face of that lieutenant, you know, and I told the SCO that he made a horrible choice and this lieutenant will get people killed in combat. Um, well, I mean, he did leave you in a building by him, by yourself. Oh, yeah. No, it's, 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 I, I stood on that, I would say probably for the rest of that rotation. And probably because of that, I don't remember a lot of that rotation. You know, once you get, uh, you know, Specialist Alaska, Sergeant Alaska on here, you know, he can sort of bridge the gap, if you will, about what happened during that rotation because your boy lost it and um, everything's a blur now. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, here's, uh, before we move on, I will say this. Our CO was, um, he was fucking awesome. He was all about fucking smoking dudes, fucking getting the job done, killing the enemy, and getting the fuck out to have a beer. Like, it, the, the CO was on point. He was. Was this the uh, same CO that me and Seaway came into, or was this a different uh, CO? No, 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 because this is an HHT. Oh, uh, okay. And this was, this was, you guys didn't come on until after my deployment. Right, so there would have been a couple COs or so after. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the O's switch out, you know, pretty fast um so this dude he's legit to the point that he acquires a gator you know sort of about like a side-by-side little little buggy if you will and he put a saw mount on it (laughs) um so when we got attacked we would hear the gator kick up we're like oh fuck this co is out and we see the (laughs) The CO and his gator hauling ass. Like, uh oh. So he's driving one handed with his left hand, and with his right hand, he's reaching over to the, the saw and just unletting loose, descending <laughs> it. And we're like, what the fuck, man? He does a donut and he comes back and he's out of ammo. He's like, hey, I need ammo. And I look at my platoon sergeant. And I was like, and we have to take orders from him? What the fuck just happened? And he's just like, just give him a can of ammo and tell him to go away. So I throw him a can and he disappears during contact. And all he hears, you know, little romp, romp, you know, <laughs> the little engine, you know, kicking it off in the distance, you know, and the little shooty shoots. And we're like, what the fuck? And nobody's going to catch up to him to tell him he's died because he will refuse and not slow down. <laughs> so even if somebody's like, hey, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. And he's gone. You know, it's like, well, fuck, maybe he'll stop somewhere down there. He didn't stop. 
so that was good. Um, on that, on that JRTC rotation, there was a rumor going around that they were starting up these SVAT teams. So, and all of us were like, what the fuck is that? So I get introduced to the little SVAT Academy bullshit. You know, this is it. This is basically, it's a, tiz- a team consisting of people with different skills in the army to teach Afghans how to uh, better run their military organization. And so our, our SCO was slated to be our SVAT commander. He was going to be representing the first brigade and we we're going to go do that. Um, he unfortunately got diagnosed with cancer Oof. and he got pulled from that deployment. And then we got his replacement was balls six. You know, when balls, the artillery people of the 101st before, you know, somebody got upset because they would yell balls in their formation that they had to change their name, you know, because balls was inappropriate and offensive to people who didn't have balls. (laughs) One more time. Um, Even though the, the female officers that did this would yell balls louder than everybody else. Um, So he came in and myself and angry volunteered for this deployment. You know, we're going to leave the security team on this rotation. Um, So because of reasons, uh, angry was unable to go on that deployment. He had an incident with his vehicle while he was driving and a certain, you know, blood alcohol level may or may not have happened. Didn't happen, but did happen. Never got charged. Um, And um, because... Because of who he was, this was the perfect excuse for our chain of command to remove him from the deployment. Mm. So is and he was he's a smart guy. I got it. He's angry. Everybody thinks he's just big and dumb, but he's big and smart, which is kind of worse. Um so he got removed. So it's one of those tag you're it, bud, you're in E five, now you're gonna take his spot, which you know, is exciting. Now I have to be the security team lead for this SVAT team going to Afghanistan. So we had, now mind you, SVAT is full and chalked up of a bunch of random dudes. You know, it's not like the units they have now, which are, uh, you know, good and smart how that the army is now separated that and created an actual unit that trains together. We're just a hodgepodge of fuck across the unit thrown together. So like in the security team, it was myself, you know, so I was a scout. There was another NCO who was a scout, you know, hooray, two scouts and um, a generator mechanic. Okay. A, A radio kid from S6. And our medic. 
That was the fucking security team. Nice. No, no, bud. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> There's like eight fucking officers. Eight uh eight officers I had to fucking protect. And I had these five or six dudes to do that with. You know, it was, we got to do some guardian more guardian angel training and some more, you know, VIP training, you know, protect the package type of shit, if you will. Um but no, not fun. Um, but we what I did get to do is uh, start start the process of learning how to teach people. Ah, you know, okay. I, I knew, I thought I knew how to teach. You know, I thought I did. Um, Specialist Alaska will have to let you know how well I did. I don't know. I'm. I just remember a lot of yelling during that period. Um, but this on this deployment, you know, the S six kid, which I love uh short round we'll call him short round um (laughs) he knows why he earned that nickname um and then we got i'll call the generator mechanic uh the badger because of where he was from okay and the medic um call him doc he knows who he is and that fun loving motherfucker um always (laughs) love your medics god damn it every medic i come across was great I had some really good medics. Um, so we're on this trip. Mind you, there are some NCOs. You know, there's a master sergeant uh, who never has been a first sergeant, and he's always been a linguist in Costa Rica for his fucking career. Nice. God damn it. So jealous of him. Until I saw him in combat. Wow. <laughs> He 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 pulled off some baby Joe mistakes in combat that it just leaves you baffled. Um, there was an E seven, uh, I believe he was an infantry cat. He might have been in a scout. I think he was an infantry though. Um, he was there, and he made it very clear that he was not a part of the security team, which was hot fun. You know, he was, but he was great to ask questions with and get information from. So if I had a question about what I was doing or, you know, how he would approach a situation. The guy was great with setting me straight. Um, so we had, I think, I think there was like six captains. There was a major, a Lieutenant Colonel, a Sergeant Major, this Master Sergeant, uh, and the E7, and one poor little Lieutenant who was an MP. God damn it. He became such a such a key piece to all of our all of our deployments. Um, oh, let's give this little MP a nickname. Well, he was a Broncos fan. Well, he was a Broncos fan, but he had a Texas flag. Oh, fucking weird. Um, I love him to death. It's just the little guy. We'll just call him the little guy LT, the little <laughs> MP LT. And I loved him to death. But so we go on this fucking rotation, right? And um, I get a chance to teach these guys who didn't have the opportunity to get behind weapons as much as you know you do on the combat arms side um so with that you know guys got to shoot the 14 a little bit it's kind of a long-range weapon uh we got the more automatic time on different weapon systems on the 50s 240s 249s i don't think 50s and 240s um 
And, you know, so we got to do a lot of that and they got to cross train me, you know, so it was a very give and take great relationship between all of us. Um, excuse me. We had, uh, we had a great time that deployment. Like we, we built our own smoke shack, if you will. Nice. It was, uh, we had two bee huts at this, uh, fob we were staying at. We just built a porch across them, built a little ceiling little camo net, little Christmas lights for the ambiance. And that's where we would smoke all our cigars that evening and stuff like that. And um, so <sighs> deployment goes on, you know, and the S6 guy was in more shape than all of us combined. Like that dude was a freak of nature, you know, so short round could out PT us all day, every day. Um, so we had, we made it a bet, you know, because we did a bunch of workouts of the day, you know, that's where I did my first, uh, God, what's that fucking thing where you do a pull up and you lift yourself above the bar. Oh, muscle up. That's the one I did my first muscle up, you know, because of him, you know, he helped, he helped the, uh, the broke retard out, you know, um, <laughs> um, because that's, uh, I was I was in shape, but I was still hurt, you know, so he helped me a lot, um, gained some knowledge from, uh, the mechanic, the badger. Uh, and of course, doc, you know, doc always gives you words of wisdom when you need it the most. Um, and then we had our little, our little MP, uh, Lieutenant to basically be the comic relief for that deployment. Um, he went out on a little two-day field trip, if you will. That's all it was. He did a little two-day field trip. So I took his bunk. Now, mind you, we're in a, we're a giant bee hut. And I took his bunk, and I strung it, strung it on the ceiling. So, so I, I, construct, I constructed a, a uh, with a couple screws and a bunch of 550 cord, and I lifted his bunk from the floor to about six feet high it was a magical moment for me so he gets off this this two-day little field trip of his you know out and about you know he's tired he wants to go to bed and um he can't because you know his bed is 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 swinging from the rafters if you will um (laughs) so he he wasn't a fan but but you know he he took it all in stride he really did because, you know, he knew we did that because we loved him. You know, sometimes love hurts. Oh, um, Jesus. So, so, God, I so, love the Army. Um, another time he did another little two-day field trip. So we took acetate, for those of you who don't know, you know, sticky on one side, not the other. But it's clear. We acetated because he he acquired another bunk. So he made a bunk bed and he, he thought that would be his his safety catch, if you will. Cause we, we stacked a bunch of chairs and TVs on top of it one time. But, um, so he built this, this bunk bed, if you will, cause he thought that would be safer for him. So we acetated his entire bunk so he couldn't get in. And we proceeded to decorate the acetate with about 10 decks of cards. Jesus Christ. So it was it was great. It was it was great. It was it was a magical moment for us, you know, where he came in 
and he was so tired that he just took his knife, he cut the acetate down the middle, and then just rolled into bed and just accepted it. <laughs> um, that's all. So, that's all you can do sometimes is just accept the shit. Yes. Yeah, and he said about two hours into it, it got so goddamn hot that he had to start cutting the rest of it. With then he proceeded to wake up everybody else in his bunk because he was in the officer's bunk. And we were over in the poor people section over in the Joe hut and um, the enlisted hut, if you will. So he, he woke up all the other O's and they got a little little upset that that the, the little MP lieutenant was causing ruckus so early in the morning. Um, but uh, that rotation was fun. Uh, it was uh, interesting because we would walk from our fob to the Afghan army fob. And it was about 900, 800 meters away. But it was in, in a major city. So, you know, you walk, you got to be aware because it's a city. It's not, you know, you know, open ground or anything like that. So you got to walk back and forth. And uh, um, one, one time we're going there. And mind you, our leadership had to deal with a lot of brass because we were an SVAT team. We weren't the infantry unit landholders. You know, we were augmentees, if you will. So we didn't really have a place. But they all answered to stars. So our leadership answered to only stars. So when something happened, that's who it was reported to, and that's where information came from. So it was very, very stressful for our leadership just because of, you know, you had that you know, that influence, those people are in your cookie jar type of thing. So we're there, got the little security team set up and all these O's are doing their fucking bullshit, you know, talking about how they can, the Afghans can better run their, their army, which, you know, some cared, some didn't, which that's the nature of the beast. And then our uh, Lieutenant Colonel, has a little alarm go off on his phone and he goes, "Uh Oh, I got to get back to a meeting. Uh, and so I tell him, I was like, Hey, hold on. We'll get something set up for you so you can get an escort out. And he's just like, no, I got to go now. And the dude just fucking gets up and walks. He goes, it's not that far. I'll just make it. I'll, I'll just start running. I was like, cause that'll look good. American soldier running down an Afghan street. You know, it's, you, do you think that's not going to raise a red flag? <laughs> I mean, he's the educated one. He went to school. I didn't, you know, I didn't, what the fuck, what the fuck was I thinking? So he proceeded to make it out there. So I yell at, I think it was uh, the Badger or uh, Short Round to, because everybody was wrapping up because he, you know, wanted to pull the plug on this meeting, but he bailed. So I started running to catch up to him. So I left everybody and, you know, and everybody knew where they were going, what they were doing and everything like that. It's not a far back. It's not a far way back. It's not. So we make this, you know, 800 meter yog because he's got to make it to the general's meeting. <coughs> um, so he gets in, he takes out his pistol and he goes to clear it, drops mag. He clears it, you know, racks it. The round flies up in the air, catches it. He's like, ha ha, check that shit out. And that's the straw that broke the camel's back. So I, I become unglued for this blatant 
you know, safety hazard that he has create, created. Because now I'm the security team is no longer, and it was just me and him running down the street. So I come unglued, and I start going off on this officer, and I put my hands, I did put my hands on him, and I started shaking him, and I got in his face. Uh, he stumbled back a little bit, and I got him pinned up against the HESCO barrier, uh, just giving him the business about how much of a piece of shit he was, you know, everything and the other. And I start giving it to him. Um, I do remember that the there was an NCO and a the major had to pull me off of him to calm me down. So they tried to pull me back, but I was still in go mode. So that didn't work out very well. Um, they pull, they pulled me aside. You know, they're like, you need to go clear out. Go, go away. Go drink some water. Go smoke your cigarettes. Just get the fuck out of here. I was like, you know, fine. So I walk off, you know, and I, you know, proceeded to try to vent, you know, and just start screaming at the sky because that's the only person I'm allowed to yell at at this point. Um, and then later on that night, we always have a meeting at night, you know, me being in charge of the security team. I had to speak for the security piece and the potential hazards that are coming or things to look out for. Um, mostly because 4th Brigade was down there and 4th Brigade had a hard time during this SVAD rotation. We were concerned that we were going to be targets as targeted as they were. Um, so I had, you know, there's a couple pieces that had to get put out for the security side. And as far as planning for the next week, you know, what's the mission side we're going to look at during this meeting, the Lieutenant Colonel stands up, you know, and everybody's there on this SVAD team. There's like 30 of us fuckers. And he's, he goes, things happened today that were wrong. I was in the wrong. And I just want to let everybody know it's not going to happen again. He doesn't say sorry. He doesn't say my bad. You know, he's just basically, you know, things happen, but they won't happen again. And that's the last we need to hear of it. So me, I raised my hand up. I was like, whoop, nope, 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 nope. We're not done with this yet. <laughs> so I stand up. I was just like, you know, mind you bunch of captains couple lieutenants there's a you know master sergeant there's a sergeant first class you know and you know a sergeant major and a major and him and you know i start speaking my behalf you know and calling him a fucking moron again and i asked him i was like i was like are, are you trying to go home in a wooden box damn I was like, because your actions today will get you or myself sent home in a wooden box. And I start, you know, this is bullshit. You're, you're, you know, and I start, and then I get set down forcibly by so whoever was sitting behind me. And then I was asked nicely to leave the meeting. So I proceeded to leave the meeting, you know, still upset. I didn't get to speak my words. I got interrupted. <laughs> Which is probably good because I was told later by the sergeant major that if I would continue, I would have lost my rank. Which, well, hooray! Um, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. You know, why the fuck is this E five? Even though I had a P status, which God, I think that went to my head. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm a P. You don't talk to me like that. Which that's wrong. That don't do that. Um, later on, I never had to go back to a meeting, so you know, my schedule wasn't so bad afterwards. 
<laughs> I suppose that's a way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had one less, you know, bullshit meeting with all these O's, you know, and everything was fine. Um, but uh, that deployment was interesting um, because being part of an SVAD unit, you know, if you get in contact, you pull out because you're not a fighting force. So, you know, that was whenever that would happen, that was our role, which was very, you know, from my sec from my first Afghan deployment from the episode before, we were very involved in contact. You know, you stay and fight, push and fight. This one was, hey, let's get the commander out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, make makes sense. You know, that's your role. That's what we did. So that was our, you know, involvement in that. Um, so that wasn't a full deployment. I think it was about nine months, you know, it was uh, was a quick, short trip, you know, as you know, from the other ones. Uh, so that deployment ended on a high note, you know, the, the commander, the Lieutenant Colonel ended up giving me a coin, you know, thanking me, you know, and everything like that. He did have a peace offering. He came down off of his ivory tower. He walked down to our little smoke shack, you know, saw our, you know, atmospheric or our uh, feng shui, if you will, between homemade benches and porch with Christmas lights (laughs) Um, and uh, proceeded to give us a bag of about 50 cigars. Nice. And they were they're not cheap cigars either. These are these are good. You know, these aren't the Walmart or Sam's Club, you know. 50 packs swipe it and go for 20 bucks now these were good good cigars um and gave us a two humidors to house these 50 cigars so he he did he did throw out the olive branch which we accepted of course because you know absolutely i'll i'll smoke your fucking cigars you know because you fucked up but um (laughs) so so that that deployment ended pretty well and then we get back and there's a huge restructuring of our unit you know before you guys before you guys show up they they collapsed all of the unit from being the four four troops set to one troop um it was yep it was just one troop and it was just housed just basically just a bunch of assholes put in one group under one flag um, and we get back and it's another huge reshuffle to get the, the unit back to where it's supposed to be. Um, find my way in back into black horse. So, you know, I was finally able to escape the hold of HHT and, uh, still haven't made points for six yet. Still waiting on that because, you know, they're maxed. Why wouldn't they be? Um, and that's when we met, that platoon uh some of the guys on my first afghan deployment were there and that's when me and dirty mike you know which you know you and seaway are very acquainted with you know that's when we first started to work together um and uh the joys and fun the joys and fun of the uh the goon squad if you will um so that platoon came around and some of the Joes that I had in PSD were still around. Some weren't. Uh, I believe there was one of them who uh, 
ate his way to freedom um, <laughs> and was able to get out of the army's clutches by just, you know, eating what he wanted. So he got what he wanted. Um, Hell yeah. But, uh, you know, a little bit of time passes, you know, changing the guard happens. And then that's when we have uh, uh, Cedric, you know, as the, the first sergeant. You know, Ooh. yes, and uh, that's when you guys showed up. Yeah, we got we got an influx of soldiers, you know, and the platoon starting at the time. And this goes back, you know, we'll circle back to the story of you guys because I know you guys are waiting to get to this. <laughs> um, myself, I believe, Sergeant F, you know, uh, Dirty Mike. And myself, and I think, uh, fuck, what was the other name? Um, God damn it, I can't remember. Uh, we're minding our own business in the office, and the platoon sergeant kicks the door in. You know, and you've heard me tell this story where, you know, you two fucking morons in your first day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hello. You guys showed up. You know, we've talked about that a little bit. We did. Um, and that's when with with dirty mike and you know and everything like that that's where you know i he helped me out a lot because i didn't get the section spot that i should have been given because it was given to somebody else and that you know he he explained to me why and sort of you know remembered this whole you have to be humble you know, you have to stay humble at all times, you know, type of thing, you know, not everything's going to go your way, you know? So I was, I was upset when I first got back into plot course because of that, you know, I was uh, not demoted, but I was not given a position that equals my, my experience, experience and time and service and rank and all that happy horse shit. <laughs> um, but you guys show up, who all was it? That came with you guys. It was you. Uh, so that platoon, it was just me and Seaway. Because <sighs> we had what? We had Brax, Mouse, Western Mouse. Gobble. Oh, Western Nuts. God. Let's. <laughs> okay. So this platoon had so many moments. <laughs> so we'll talk about Westy. We'll talk about Westy for a second. Because, God damn it, he's such a sweet kid. So sweet. He, he made me was. so mad. He was. And he still is. He's still, he's still a little sweetheart. He is. He's sweet, but he also uh, so has that this, asshole streak now. This, this, well, he figured out the asshole streak. That was sort of pushed into him, <laughs> if you will. So I don't know if you remember this, but we were at a fucking 40 mic mic range. You know, a little thump thump action. Mm-hmm. And it was like January, February. So it was a tad bit cold. And Westergum was about, he was a little beanpole size man child. And he didn't have any of his snowball gear. And he got cold. So I remember little Westy coming up to me, shaking. I'm cold. I'm so cold. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this dude? I'm like, you good, kid? He's like, Sergeant, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. So cold. So I was like, oh, fuck. 
all right, this kid's going to die. So <laughs> I sent his ass into the Humvee to go warm up, you know, because you guys were here at this time. Uh, no, this would have been right before because we came in April. Okay. So Westy's freezing his fucking balls off. So I sent him into the truck. Um, and he falls asleep in it. As a private does. For for a good like hour and a half. <laughs> to the point that we're done training and we're just looking for people to shoot extra rounds off. And I'm like, wait a minute. Where's that sniveling little fuck? Where's he? And I look up and I see this fucking, the shivering little child passed out, fogging up the goddamn window he's leaning on. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> so I think a couple soldiers went to go rescue him because he was about to, he was about to feel the hurt. And he felt the hurt. <laughs> He was outside, but he was no longer cold because he was doing extracurricular activities. Um, God. Fuck. Were you guys there? Because I finally got a chance to go go to air assault school. And were you guys there when I got back and I had to deal with Westy? Uh, it was still cold, so maybe not. No, it wasn't that cold whenever we got there, so no. So I do my bullshit fucking two weeks at aerosol school, right? Huh. Yeah, aerosol. Um, Bear and salt. Yes. So I go and do that. And was it aerosol? I don't remember if it was or not. It might not have been. But regardless, I was gone for a few weeks for something, whatever. And I come back and I walk into Westy's room. Now, Westy, being a private that he was and being the first time away from home, you know, is uh, stacking pizza boxes about nine feet high in one corner. He's got empty, empty pizza boxes in the fridge, trash piled up. So I lose it and I start ransacking his room and I pulled the entire platoon together and I just teed off on this entire fucking platoon. And, um, that's when, uh, this little dirty Mike had to come and rescue the Joes because I had lost my shit. And then dirty Mike sent me home because, you know, little baby Westy was about to have another really bad night. And I was willing to stay there all night, all night. And just ruin everything he had. Um, but, you know, Dirty Mike helped. He rescued him. Um, Aww. Yes. Yes, I know. But it still didn't end well for Westy for that. But uh, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Because um, you were there. We were still playing Pirate Ball, right? Oh, fucking hell, Pirate Ball. Yes, we're still playing pirate ball, still having fun with that. Um, let's see. I think before we get into before we get into the JRTC rotation, um, platoon platoon sticks. Oh, 
fuck. Okay. Because that that's when that's when you opened up to me, little buddy. You well, you opened up you opened up to me about about platoon sticks. Okay, let me you know. let me paint the picture for people, and then we'll get to it. But yes. All right. So. Well, I'm off... thinking. You know what? So before before we do this, I think we make this an episode. Platoon sticks. So, because well, now think about what platoon you had platoon sticks, and then that hot mess of garbage rolled into GRTC and rolled into what was it fucking West Point? Uh, it would have been yeah JRTC then see bullshit training bullshit training West Point almost deployed nothing almost deployed nothing and then fucking Fort Knox shenanigans. Oh my god! Okay, yes. So that okay. Oh, there's so, still a uh, lot left to Campbell. Platoon sticks. JRTC because my JRTC was different than yours, bud. You know, uh, West Point, and then Fort Knox shenanigans. So I think we leave your listeners up on a cliffhanger. And uh, I, I do want to talk I, about platoon sticks real quick because it shouldn't take too long. Okay, you want platoon sticks, bud? Yes. Okay, so we're gonna start it from my perspective. Okay. You know, you you can in platoon sticks. How about that? Okay, let me tell the pre-N2 platoon sticks, because all we left off with was me finally graduating and shitting myself at fucking uh, air assault school. Yes. Okay. Okay. Send it. Okay. So, for all you wonderful listeners, uh, again, air assault school was my way of going to see my child, uh, you know, because I was just engaged, not married. Army doesn't fucking care. No. No, they do not. <laughs> and... I get on a plane, land in Tulsa Monday, see the kid, get out of the hospital Wednesday, get married on a Thursday, and then that Friday I'm back on a plane because I didn't tell you guys that I was having a baby because I fucking hated you guys at the time. At the time. That's fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm not, I, w- I was not there to be your friend. <laughs> And, no, so I got the call. It was like, what, zero three right before we were leaving for Platoon Sticks or something that she went into labor. Mm. And I called you and showed up and was like, yo, it's happening. I don't know what to do. And then you guys had that one specialist uh, drive me in his crossfire to the Nashville airport. Crossfire! <laughs> and shit. so... I get back, they send me out to Platoon Sticks, and that's where the first holy fuck, you boot-ass son-of-a-bitch moment happened. So, yeah, go into that. So, this is when full-on Goon Squad is is rolling deep. Did we have have, uh, Greeny and Berkey in this platoon? I, I think can't we did. Remember we had the, yeah, we might have. Because I know those two drove Sergeant F up the fucking wall. <laughs> and every time I saw that ambiguously gay duo talk, 
<laughs> it was so magical for me because they were so fucking funny. It was like it was like the specialist twins from hell. But <laughs> god damn it, it was amazing having those guys around. Um, so we're in full goon squad mode to the point to where I'm running a section and Dirty Mike is running a section, and um, we play our own games. You know, so uh, the platoon sergeant LT at the time were there just to pull the reins back the best they could, and we literally just did our own thing, and which that was for the better or worse. So sticks was good. You know, we, I, I don't know if you remember, we got in trouble because I kept stealing the XO's helmet. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. His, uh, the XO was very, he was a little mouthy at times and he had to be brought down a peg or two. Um, so his helmet may or may not have been 30 feet in a tree. <laughs> um, and then he, you know, got all boo-boo lip, you know, went and told mom, so the CO came down and said, stop picking on my XO. <laughs> uh, so then rehid his helmet because, you know, the XO wouldn't stop whining. So I hid his helmet. I think it was in his truck. Like I put it in the wheel well of his truck. And he just couldn't find it for hours. <laughs> and, you know, then, then, oh, oh, Cedric would come over here. Where's, where's his goddamn helmet? You, you motherfuckers keep hiding his goddamn helmet on him. Stop fucking with the goddamn XO. I'm like, oh shit. All right, first start, start. My bad. Here it is. And um, so, it, you know, that's what we did. You know, me and Dirty Mike got to actually give you guys some pretty good training out there. You know, actually get you out there, you know, doing scouty scout things. Um, and then we had our little kumbaya moments. You know, we're all, we're all, Circled up around the truck, our makeshift smoke shack, if you will. Couple cots laid out. Oh. And here, here you come. Yeah, buddy. You know, I was going to save this. This was going to be a cliffhanger, and we were going to just breeze past this. But no, no, this is happening. Oh, let's end on embarrassing. So, let's fucking do it. So, so you're getting changed in the middle of this group. <laughs> As we're all talking, because why the fuck not? Just go ahead, strip down to your skibbies. And, you know, who cares? And you're wearing the army tandies. Hell because, yeah. God damn it. So you're the only person I ever known to wear the actual issued army underwear. You give it to so me. why not? I'll wear it. <laughs> so, so you go, you go to sit down. In your cot. And the cot had already been previously broken by you earlier that day. You had sat on it, said you did something, and you fucking broke it. <laughs> so you sit on it again as you're changing. And mind you, for the listeners, paint the picture. It's dirt, you know, because we're out in the field. And this is bullshit cot that the Army gives us. You know, you have a, a man who's naked... Um, he's got his army tan tandies on, so everybody knows what whitey tidies are, but just imagine them as the color tan, and that's what the army tandies are. So this kid, you know, <laughs> hostess with the mostest, is sitting there in his tandies, sits down. Then we all hear a slight crack, and then a crash. <laughs> and this motherfucker hits the goddamn ground, rolls over, ass over tea kettle, and it's just like a hodgepodge of broken fucking litter or broken fucking poles here, 
sleeping bag gets tossed here and he's rolling around and now he's naked covered in dirt <laughs> trying to get up but he can't because he's so disoriented from the fall and roll that he can't get up so, so now he's dirty naked and in his underwear in front of the entire platoon as we're smoking and joking that my friends was platoon sticks <laughs> So, and I do remember, and I remember this because I know Dirty Mike almost pissed himself laughing so hard. I think even Sergeant Friend, Sergeant F, even even laughed, and that, and he cracked a smile. And I know uh, everybody who saw couldn't stop laughing. I think even platoons that were living deep in the woods heard and saw the madness, and then just saw this dirty naked man stand up. <laughs> As he's trying to collect himself from this, you know, tumble. And um, I remember pointing at you and yelling at you. And you'd be like, you're about to be a father. <laughs> and you're like, I know. <laughs> and that's when, like, the whole platoon's like, wait, he's a dad? <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Yes, bud. That's... um. I was going to save that, but yeah, it's yes. That was platoon sticks. That, that was it for me because, you know, I know, you know, it, it was just training on training. You know, we had, you know, some moments, but what made platoon sticks was myself and another E6 trying to bring down the widow maker, which I don't remember if you remember that. Did I break? I broke your, your one court canteen doing that, didn't I? Maybe. I think I stole, I, I acquired somebody's one quart canteen and I used it to bring down this broken branch. And I think I ended up breaking it and then just giving it back to me. Like, yeah, sorry, bud. You know, try to trade it out next time. Um, but uh, yes, that was platoon sticks. That was the moment for me. You know, this grown man naked in tan underwear rolling around on the floor between a broken cot and a sleeping bag. <laughs> Oh, God, fuck, son of a bitch. Oh, so fun. So much fucking fun. Yes, but I think I think that's the crowning moment we need to leave this episode on, bud. Uh, that, that's how you keep people listening to the end. We, you know, got to mention <laughs> the tad indies and people will be like, well, shit, I got to fucking listen to the whole damn thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and JRTC, the little time I got to spend with you guys was so <laughs> monumental. But I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting it. I'm not doing it. We're going to save that for later. Uh, um, but uh, yes, that will happen on episode four. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, that was a great moment in my life. Just fucking already angry because i came back to you assholes after just seeing my kid be bored i'm like i'm gonna take a fucking nap i sit down in the fucking cotton the breaks to hell and i'm just like fucking hell yep and i think that was the moment you started actually opening up well you know after that it was just like well i ain't got shit to hide from them now yeah. I mean, you pretty much bear everything you had. 
Yeah. Well, almost. But again, JRTC, we'll talk about that. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Oh, fucking hell. All right. So that's where you want to end it, and then we'll pick up. Uh, I'm sure me and Seaway will do a version of JRTC, and they'll also get your version of JRTC. Absolutely. Don't, don't know if we can get a three-way going, but we'll see. All right. Well, let me know. I'm down. But, oh, thank you, everyone. Uh, God, I hope you guys made it to the end, because who doesn't love another embarrassing Rogan story? Absolutely. I, I, I think, yeah, JRTC should be the last fucking embarrassing one that I have. I think that's it. From, from my point of view, yes. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, thank you all for listening. Again, we were joined by my, one of my favorite fucking NCOs. I, so glad that I had you, because we had our moments, especially after, you know, becoming a dad and all that, and then our moments on CQs and shit. Uh, yep. And then being part of your team. Uh... I think uh, I think Platoon Sticks was also where I saw you start throwing uniforms or taking them away from a guy who was pretending to be a uniform salesman at a, a fake village. And you were just like, nope, these are mine now. You can't have these. We did, we did a lot of things to where, you know, I mean, there was a 120 tube that was acquired, <laughs> multiple bunch of equipment that was acquired during Platoon Sticks. And that's why, you know, I think, uh, Dirty Mike and myself, we earned the uh, the nickname Goon Squad just because we just did what we wanted. Yeah, we did. You know, when you're when you're influenced, when you know, when you're influenced and you have the backup as, you know, you know, Greeny and Berkey, you know, with the constant babble coming from the back, be like, I bet you won't do it. I bet you won't do it. I bet you won't. It's like, well, fuck yeah, we're doing it. Fuck this. Let's go, boys. You know, so it's yeah. That was good. I can't wait to have those two goons uh, be on. Hopefully I can get them on. Because that's going to be an episode I don't know if I'll even be able to release. And we say fucked up shit already. But the stuff that comes out of those guys, holy hell. I think that'll be worth it. <laughs> just a night, It's just another dynamic or dynamic of, you know, of what a soldier's mind is. That's all it is. You know, it's for science, man. Think of the science. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> thank you all. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Stephen Bass. Absolutely. Thank you for the, uh, insight into what it was like being part of, uh, PSD and SFAT. Uh, finishing up your, uh, deployments. And... Ooh. Yeah, woo! Glad that uh, last one was uh, more hilarious for you. Yes, yes, it was. Just full on high blood pressure for you. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been the Smoke Shack podcast with our wonderful guest Stephen Bass, and can't wait to have him on again for part four. 
you guys should enjoy it because we're going to get into some of the fun things that are JRTC, that are West Point, and just all the shenanigans that we got into in Fort Campbell from the NCO's point of view. Yes, yes. And just remember that we do have all these social medias, Instagram, Facebook, all at the Smoke Shack Podcast. Uh, Don't forget that if you have stories, questions, anything that you want to ask or add or talk about, but you don't have the time to come on, send them to thesmokeshackpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget the the on everything, and don't forget the podcast on everything, or you're going to get a bunch of stoners. I found that out. But... Anyways, thank you all, and we'll see you around at the Smoke Shack. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, goodbye.